Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today. I'm uh, starting about one minute early. Reason being is so that I can go ahead and start sharing these uh, uh, this live feed to my different pages. So that's why I thought I'd start just a minute early so I can uh, get this out there for everybody to watch. And uh, so bear with me just one second while I get this out here to our church, my ministry page. My Fighting for Digital American Values page and the church group page. And I am done. <laughs> so I uh, just had to start a few minutes early so I can uh, get all that shared to uh, uh, all my different pages and groups uh, so we can go ahead and so we can get the word out. Uh, like, you know, and for those who don't know, just for my uh, Fighting for Digital American pages alone, I have over 50,000 people. I've reached up over to a million people. So that's why I make it uh, it's very important uh, that I share uh, these live feeds, whether it's uh, Dad speaking, myself, or a guest speaker, uh, that we I get these live feeds out there so everybody can watch. And uh, so when you tune in, you see me on the phone, it's not that I'm playing, it's just that I'm having to try to get those uh, uh, get to this live feed out there for everybody to, to be able to watch so we can have a better chance to minister and uh, get the word out. So, uh, with that said, if you have any prayer concerns, feel free to put those in the comments and we will read those comments. After that point, I will not, uh, re you know, you feel free to, to speak amongst yourself or make comments, that's fine, but I, I won't be responding to those comments until uh, uh, after uh, we end uh, the evening service, then I, then I can type in and respond. Reason being, uh, the, the Dr. Young Sr. <laughs> has found that is a distraction so uh, I have been informed not to do that but uh, outside of prayer requests we won't but uh, if you have any prayer concerns put those out there so if you have your Bibles handy and uh, ready or tablets or phones or whatever floats your boat uh, if you turn to John chapter 10 verse uh, 14 15 we're going to read John chapter 10 verses 14 and 15 so I'll give everybody just a second to uh, to turn there John 10, chapter 14, John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. As me old pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. And, um, of course, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And, I'm, and again, I'm only doing that because of our study we're doing in Hebrews. I know uh, I had, had someone tell me the other day, uh, I think it was Frog, is tell me. He said, man, he said, I, he said uh, what version are you reading? He said, uh, he goes, I'm looking at what I got and what you're reading, two different things. I said, well, I said, I'm the English Standard Version. And uh, if you're reading from King Jimmy, it's going to be worded just a little different. So I uh, don't see any comments as far as prayer concerns at the moment. I do know uh, to be praying for um, uh, Kim Penix, uh, Ginger Hood, definitely praying for Linda Feathers, and uh, be praying for her family. Uh, she had posted on Facebook earlier uh, they had suffered a, a loss in their family, so definitely be praying for them. Let's pray, pray for Murph. Uh, he's um, having uh, uh, some, some medical procedures done, so let's be sure and be praying for him and everything go well with that. Uh, Paige McNeese, 
Uh, that's my cousin. She just recently had a baby, so be praying for her. Um, my little sister, Vicky, she's not uh, feeling well, so be sure to pray for her. Uh, pray for both my grandmothers. I worry about them during this time. Uh, Nicole says, uh, please pray for the inmates, guards, workers in our jails and prisons. Yes, ma'am. We will definitely be praying for them as well. And uh, we had a good praise report that many of the prisoners in Mountain City Prison were listening to uh, our Easter service this Sunday, so that, that was good to know. Uh, I'll be praying for my dad as well. Uh, he told me this morning his blood pressure has mm -hmm. been running a little high and had to contact the uh, uh, his physician to try to... Uh, uh, get some medication prescribed, try to get that regulated. So keep him in your prayers, worry about him. I tell you what, the older he gets, the more I worry about him. So uh, keep him in your prayers. But uh, let's go ahead and bow our heads and go for the Lord in prayer if we may. Now, Father Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And uh, Lord, I just want to lift up uh, all these prayer requests and concerns, uh, whether they're mentioned publicly or not, the unspoken. Lord, you know the concerns, the thoughts and minds there. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Linda Feathers and uh, that you will help her physically and particularly right now mentally and emotionally. Lord, uh, she's dealing with this loss uh, of her niece and uh, be with her family and be with David. And uh, Lord, pray to be with Murph, that all go well there. Be with Kim Penix, Lord, that you will bring healing upon her and peace upon her and strength upon her and her family. Uh, Lord, pray that you will be with Ginger Hood and uh, pray, Lord, that you will uh, be with uh, Paige McNeese and uh, pray to be with my grandmother, my father, Lord, his blood pressure returned to normal. And uh, Lord, let's pray that you will be with all those watching here this evening. And Lord, you know their hearts and minds, the concerns. And Lord, uh, just pray to be with our teachers, our schools, and our, and our students at this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I know that uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, um, well, I went blank. I'm sorry. I saw a comment and I saw it by the time I was ready to say something. Um, I know a lot of teachers and uh, students uh, are really struggling right now. Uh, they, uh, uh, Bill Lee, our governor, said that uh, uh, there will be no more school for the rest of the school year. And uh, uh, I know a lot of teachers are upset because they didn't get to finish uh, another semester of lesson plans, but you get to spend a little more time with their kids and uh, to be able to say goodbye to them. Uh, it's really rough on uh, their, on our high school children who were about to graduate who now will not get to experience prom or uh, uh, an actual graduation. And so I know it's got to be tough. But I tell you what worries me is these kids who are in abusive homes and uh, uh, maybe uh, struggling uh, for, for food and such. Those are the ones I, I really, my heart goes out to that we need to really be praying for. At, uh, at least in school they can get some sort of escape. And it's sad to know that there's people out there so evil they would uh, want to cause harm in their own children or even stepchildren. It's it's a, it's a shame. So we need to really keep these these kids in our prayers uh, for sure. But uh, let's just pray for our nation right now. It's it's chaotic. I saw where they were uh, protest protesting in Michigan uh, with this stay-at-home order and and demanding that businesses be reopened. And so it's it's a tumultuous time right now in our nation's history to say the least but uh, as far as announcements go uh, really nothing uh, you know little pertinent that I could think of but just do remember though that Sunday morning uh, from 11 to 12 
Fountain Life Bible Church will have a drive-in service, and you're welcome to drive in. And uh, if you'll tune, tune in to 98.5 WTFM, and you can listen live right there in the parking lot to uh, Dr. Vic Young. We'll be bringing the morning message from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And uh, as you're listening on 98.5, they've been gracious to work with us to allow us to broadcast this Sunday and the following Sunday because we had such a, a tremendous response from this past Sunday. But you can still go to our website, flbconline.com, and you can uh, watch live or here on Facebook at FLBC77. And uh, so you can watch while you're sitting in your car and listening. Um, I know that many people said, well, is there any way that uh, Vic can come out on the porch and speak? Well, uh, there's some complications with that. Uh, it's not from a lack of wanting to. We really do. Uh, but the problem is, of course, weather, if it was to rain, uh, it would really mess us up. But two, it echoes really bad. In fact, me and Dad have tried to do our devotions under there because of the echo. We've had to move to the, to the far edges of that awning. And uh, so we have to make sure the sound is really crystal clear. And that's why we have to do it in the sanctuary because uh, WTFM is pulling that audio from our website. Uh, to broadcast uh, there, so that's why we can't really uh, be outside. Plus, uh, we have to, um, uh, you know, make sure that we're, you know, Dad's at high risk with his age. I'm at high risk with my low immune system, so we have to be real careful where that, you know, we don't want, you know, as much as we love to see everybody and we love for, to talk to everybody, if somebody wants to try to come up and if they were infected and we weren't aware of, you know, it could be uh, could be disastrous. So that's why we, we have to take these precautions and I apologize. Uh, again, it's not from a lack of wanting to. We, in fact, Dad and I have been trying to think of various ways we could still uh, get out there and uh, uh, try to uh, be visible uh, for those who are in attendance. But I think the main thing is, is just getting out of the house, coming together in fellowship, even though we're in our cars, just coming together, just we're just at the church. You know, it's not so much the church, it's not so much the building, it's just, uh, you know, being in the presence of God. And, uh, you know, and all of us coming together, of course, we're always in the presence of God, no matter where we're at, but it's just that fact of coming together and uh, and just being together with like-minded believers. And I think that's what people are looking for. It's just, uh, it's not so much the church they see, but they see God within that church. And I, and I, um, and I think that's why people want to just, we just want to make a place for people to come on Sunday morning and uh, and like I said dad will be uh, Dr. Vic Young will be uh, uh, bringing the morning message uh, this Sunday morning so please be sure and come out and join us we would love to have you all right so um, as far as I know that's that's everything I know of to uh, to announce so let's go ahead and go turn into our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4 Hebrews chapter 4 and um, I want to we're going to read verses 11 uh, through 13 uh, this evening, and uh, we're going to uh, really elaborate on that. And uh, I see some some people on here talking about how they they really enjoyed that uh, Sunday, and I'm glad to have the uh, uh, do that. And that I know Dad doesn't want me to <laughs> to to respond here, but uh, Richard said, "What about the large Lord the large screen on the porch?" We thought about that, but we know that as soon as the sun hits it, it's going to fade it out, and you're not going to see it. So that's why we're we're not going to do that. But Richard, with, we appreciate your input. All right, um, Hebrews four, uh, starting verse eleven. Uh, even though this is where we ended at, I just want to go back up, kind of hit that one more time. Uh, Let us therefore strive to enter the rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. 
For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, and of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from the sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. All right, so let's go ahead and have one more word of prayer, and let's dive into God's word this evening. All right, uh, dear Father, Lord, uh, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. We just thank you for... Uh, all that you do for us each and every day. Lord, thank you for providing for our needs. Uh, Lord, I pray for comfort and peace for uh, for the people of this nation that are struggling and worried and scared that you'll give them comfort during this difficult time. Uh, Lord, be with us this evening that you will uh, equip us, guide us, edify, and Lord, let's, most importantly, let us glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, so, uh, as we're diving into God's Word here, again, if you're just tuning in here on social media, or even on the website, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, one reason I'm going to go back up and hit uh, verse 11 one more time, is this is led, because it, it does work in conjunction, particularly with verse 12, and, and that's the reason why we want to uh, make sure we do that. Uh, verse 11 says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Okay, again, uh, for those who might not have um, uh, been uh, able to view or watch, uh, let's see, Sunday, so last Wednesday, I guess was the last time we met and when we discussed this, and it might be good to review anyway because it's, it's been a week. Uh, but he didn't, uh, what the, the writer of Hebrews here uh, is, is discussing is for us not to be disobedient um, like uh, the, the Israelites. Uh, who wanted to go back to Egypt. In other words, we should not be disobedient, so then we go back to the ways of sin, just as they wanted to go back to Egypt. Remember, they were they were whining, they were upset, things weren't going their way. Uh, remember, they were showing uh, cowardice. Here, God was with them. And uh, Joshua and Caleb said, hey, man, we've got this. We can take these, these, these individuals, and God will allow us to be uh, more than conquerors through him. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing. It's not exactly what they said, but you get my point that they were courageous. And the other people come back and say, no, no, we can't do that. And because of their cowardice, because of their disobedience, uh, they had to wander around the desert for 40 years. So that's what the writer of Hebrews is telling us here, is that we need to be careful not to have hardened hearts, that we don't go back to a... a, a uh, a sin-filled life, showing because that if, once we started that cascade of sin, all right. Now remember something, and this is one thing I was talking about this morning in my uh, morning devotion, uh, because the morning devotion this morning was talking about works, and uh, I think it was Matthew six uh, twenty-eight twenty-nine, and we were discussing. And um, when it comes to works, a lot of people think that they can be good enough, or that they can lose their salvation. And the point being made here is that uh, if once you've given your life to Jesus Christ, once you have, have made that true commitment and have truly confessed of your sins, accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you understand that atoning, substitutionary atonement on the uh, work on the cross that Jesus Christ did rise again on the third day. That if you once you if you have truly given your heart to Jesus Christ, then uh, you know you are redeemed. All right, you will have a change of mind, a change of heart, a, a, a different way of looking at things than what you originally did. You'll be sanctified. You'll be glorified. You'll be a different person. Now, uh, in fact, someone had a, a message me a question here just the other day. It said, uh, uh, when the rapture comes, uh, if um, uh, if someone is, uh, how was it they put it, if someone isn't, uh, is just partially saved or saved, but 
haven't uh, fully committed, would they still go to heaven? I said, whoa, I said, now hold on here. There, are, there aren't different levels of salvation. Either you have truly believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, you've accepted that, uh, or you haven't. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's either all or nothing. You know, there's not different levels here. And so we have to be careful. You know, there are some people who give lip service and say that they are Christians, they are saved. And, um, uh, and, and so they just go right back into a sin-filled life. We have to be on our guard as Christians that we don't get into this, uh, you know, well, God's going to forgive me, so that's okay to sin kind of attitude. We start, start snowballing into this uh, cascade of sin and, and start, and, and the further you go, the less repentant you become, the more hardened of heart that you will be, and, uh, and less likely you are to come to repentance. So we have to be very careful. We have to be on our guard that we're constantly, again, it's not that we can lose our salvation. But we have to be very careful. The old devil slips in, and he makes sin very appealing. He makes sin uh, to to be uh, justified in our hearts. And, and a good example of that is uh, one way that people can justify sin uh, for abortion, for example. Well, your life, you know, this is the devil here, you know, whispering in your ear. Well, your life could be so much better uh, if you have that abortion. Uh, they, um, uh, if you you will. Uh, uh, say for example you're taking a test and uh, you know that if you uh, you have to hear the whispering of uh, well if you cheat and of course if you don't cheat and pass this then your life's going to be ruined or uh, or for example a lot of younger people uh, you know they will uh, compromise on on their um, um, I don't know their what's the word I'm looking for um, in relationships, if they uh, are trying to, to withhold until marriage, if they're with a special person, uh, they may think they'll lose that person if they uh, uh, if they don't um, uh, go through with more in their relationship than they would like to, and compromise on their on their uh, uh, their virginity, if you will, and uh, you know things like that. You know, or if there's something wrong at a job site, and you know that if you report it, it's going to cost you your job. But, you know, again, we have this, the way sin creeps into uh, to our thoughts and our minds and how we try to justify things, we have to be careful about that. And that comes be, brings us back to uh, um, Hebrews uh, 4.12. Uh, says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and asserting the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so here's why, you know, that's how this works together. Because one, we have to make sure that we don't fall into disobedience, so that we are courageous in the things of God. We'll stand up against the devil. We stand up against the things that are sinful. Uh, you know, because we, you know, in verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter the rest so that one may fall, so that no one may fall the same sort of disobedience. We have to constantly keep our eyes on God. We have to trust in God in all areas of our life. And, and that trust is, uh, is tough. It is difficult sometimes because we're uh, imperfect people. But we have to be able to trust in God in all areas of our life. And when we have that trust, then we know that we are more than conquerors through Him. But here's the thing. When we read this verse, uh, verse here in verse 12, it is very, um, uh, and it should be an eye-opener. All right, because we read this here that the Word of God is living and active. Okay, so the Word of God is living and active. Uh, one uh, uh, scenario that, uh, or illustration, I should say, uh, that was put out there would be, um, um, see, uh, the, the the sower of the seed. You know, the, the a seed uh, is living, it is active, it is productive. Uh, you know, and so that's the way the Word of God is. The Word of God uh, is living in the fact that uh, it, it changes you, uh, it transforms you. 
Uh, in fact, uh, during the time of the Reformation, when the Bible was available to all, that's when the Reformation began. That's when things began to change. Uh, before, uh, you know, the the Bible was only in Latin, or and uh, it was only given uh, uh, sometimes even erroneously by by the priest, and uh, and was not available to all Christians. But once that was put out there, it changed everything. You know, in fact, when I was uh, studying this and when I was reading that, talking about the Reformation, how it changed things, I couldn't help but think about. Uh, uh, the movie, uh, The Book of Eli. I don't know how many people have all seen that. Let's see a raise of hands. No, <laughs> obviously I can't see you. Oh, that would be weird. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, with The Book of Eli, you know, the bad guy, uh, he wanted a hold of of the Bible because that's one thing that he said. And I meant to go back and, and watch. I just didn't have time today. But because um, uh, he was one thing that he was saying in there that 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 the, that book causes uh, trouble and uh, it, it changes. Uh, uh, lives and, and cities, and he didn't want that out there. And then when he once he got a hold of that, uh, the Bible, of course, it was in Braille, and it, it, it you know it, he was all uh, devastated and tore up. But that's his thing with God's word that it does transform, it does change uh, the the hearts and minds of men. Uh, you know, it is uh, uh, when you look at the the uh, the spoken word. Uh, you know, when when men have in history have done great things, when it's been written down, the, the transformation in in cities, whether good or bad, uh, you know, is uh, you can see it all throughout history and how it has changed things. Uh, you know, but uh, it, 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 as powerful as that may be, how much more powerful is, is the Word of God? Plato was considered a a great man, but nobody really wants to sit down and listen to the to the studies and the works of Plato. I don't know about you; it's not something I want to do unless you're talking about Play-Doh, and then, yes, I'll sit down and play with that, but Play-Doh, it doesn't do much for me. That's why the Word of God is different. It's not. It's beyond just a simple work of literature. It is living. It is active. It changes. It transforms so many people. That illuminates the mind and the heart. So many people have uh, picked up, and I hit on this in my devotions as well, that so many people have, throughout the years, uh, have, have have contemplated uh, suicide uh, and wanted to end their life or thought their life had no meaning and then they pick up the word of God and, and they couldn't stop reading it and the more they read the more God revealed himself to uh, these individuals that's why it is living it is active it changes it transforms the heart and the mind and that's why the word of God stands out above any other works of literature uh, that is out there that it is real and that it is true and so within we read here that it's only living and active but it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the vision of the soul and spirit. Now, uh, I meant to grab my sword. i got a collection of swords over here. I've got a basket hilt. I've got a, a Scottish claymore. Uh, I've got a, a, a katana. I've got, I've got several uh, a, um, uh, swords over here. And I was wanting to bring, well, i tell you what. It's not really a sword, technically, but I have my, um, um, uh, <laughs> my, um, um, What's the matter with me? I know this knife better than anybody. The um, uh, oh, he was in the uh, uh, in the Alamo. My mind's went blank on me. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point is, of course, it's not uh, a two-edged sword. But if a sword is uh, sharp enough, you know, obviously, if it hits 
something hard like a bone, uh, you know, if it's not sharp enough, it'll bounce off that bone. If it is a, um, uh, if it is sharp enough, it's only going to cut through that bone, but it's going to get into the marrow, uh, marrow of that bone, the tenderness of that bone, and uh, really cause some some real damage. And um, as soon as I get done with this, I want to remember uh, the name of that. It's making me mad that I can't. I know that the name of this knife better than anything, and my mind is completely blank on it. Bowie knife. Thank you, Robin. Yes, Jim Bowie. What does it matter to me? Did you know that the Bowie knife did not actually look like this in the beginning? It actually looked like a butcher knife Jim Bowie made. It wasn't until it came to Kentucky and Tennessee that, it see, that you have the shape that you see now. Now you know the rest of the story because in the Civil War they used it. To, anyway, I'll, uh, we'll save that history lesson for another day. All right, but thank you, Robin, for helping me there. I, I get to talking, and my mind goes blank on me sometimes. So I know it's hard to believe, but uh, I know I know this is hard to believe. I mean, I am not perfect. I know it's it's a surprise to so many people, including my wife. She's watching right now, and uh, I hate to break it to her. She she keeps me at such a high pedestal. It's it's almost nauseating to say the least. But anyway, so piercing of the division of the soul and of the spirit, soul suke. All right, suke. Uh, the uh, our, our very uh, livelihood uh, and uh, uh, our our lives, our, our uh, physicalities, uh, suke. Uh, that where where we get the word psychology, psychology. Obviously, ology, the study of uh, suke, the soul, study of the soul, and that's where we get that word suke, soul. Uh, and of the spirit, pneuma, where we get that spirit in the Greek is pneuma. So it enforces, when you look at the Word of God, it forces you to look at things uh, not in intellectually and existentially. It forces us to look at these kind of things in our lives. Uh, you know, you can you can try to run from God. You can try to read all these other different works, but eventually, the Word of God is going. You're going to be forced to have that in your face. You're going to be forced at some point in time to make a decision in your life when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ, when it comes to the things of God's Word. Just like we was talking about this morning uh, in the morning devotion in regards to works. You know, so many uh, other religions out there uh, you you have to atone for your sins. You have to uh, uh, hit a certain level of enlightenment. And that's one thing that I think people have a hard time with understanding that salvation is a free gift of God. Uh, it is not something we can attain on ourselves. And I think because so many uh, uh, people want to, to turn salvation into works, it's because of man's pride. And when we when we see that how God's word itself cuts to the heart of the matter, cuts to the suke, cuts of the soul, the pneuma, the spirit, when it cuts to these things here, that um, we can actually um, uh, understand uh, that uh, God's word uh, reveals these things. That salvation is a free gift of God, and there's nothing we can do, you know. And, and that's why I saw my this morning. We are brought up uh, with the idea of work and reward you know you you work really hard at home and here's you an allowance you work really hard and you may not get allowance you might say a job well done uh or um <laughs> or uh you know or you're at work and and you you will if you work hard you may move up the ladder work and reward so that's what's where we get that idea and so when it comes to salvation it blows people's minds well wait a minute you know i have to do something to to attain it i have to do something uh to earn this in some shape form or fashion and you can't it is a free 
gift that is given to you liberally by Jesus Christ. That all, you just accept it. That grace of God that is bestowed upon us. But when we get back to this, looking at this active and living word, you know, we look at uh, Acts two thirty seven, and uh, the um, uh, uh, let's see here. It was the um, oh my gosh, I started to say Apostles' Creed. That's not right. The um, day of Pentecost. I got here in a second. Oh, uh, my mind is. <laughs> The day of Pentecost, uh, Peter uh, was talking to the people there. And in Acts 2.37, in fact, let me just turn over there real quick. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but um, Acts 2.37, let me get over here just real quick. Um, Acts 2.37, uh, let's see. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. All right, that's what I'm talking about here in regards to living and active and cutting uh, like a two-edged sword, were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So over 3,000 people this time come to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, because of this active living word, because of how it was cut to the heart of the matter. 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, and over 5,000 churches were opened up as a result of what Peter was doing here because it's demonstrating how active and, and wonderful God's Word is and how it cuts to the matter of things. You know, and, uh, in, in, in studying uh, this passage uh, this evening, uh, there's different ways that um, it, it points to how uh, this cuts to the bone, how it cuts to the, the heart of the matter. Uh, in fact, it was even discussing how, uh, you know, we can, all of us can put on a certain characteristics. All of us can put on a mask, if you will, a facade. But when we're standing for God the Father, all that is cut away. He comes to, he cuts to the quick of the matter. He's going to see you for you. You know, that's one thing in our church that we, um, uh, our motto uh, we, we discuss, it goes back uh, to Scripture, uh, is that uh, God doesn't look on the heart. I mean, God doesn't look on the also, God looks on the heart. God doesn't look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. God looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. Thank God, or I'd be in a lot of trouble. And a lot of you'd be in trouble. Those of you who are laughing, remember, <laughs> you'd be in trouble too. But God looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. So you can put on a, a good act all you want. But one day we'll be standing in front of God Almighty. And He's going to look to the heart of the matter. In fact, it um, uh, uh, related it to um, a wrestler. Uh, who will have a chokehold and you that, that you can't move? You're immobile. That when you're in the sight of God, you got nowhere to run. You got nowhere to go to. Yeah, that you are in that chokehold and and you're right there looking face to face. It talks about um, in regards to hunting. Um, is um, you know I went hunting one time uh, with uh, with uh, my friend Richard Haynes and he um, he he killed a. A small deer, and uh, he, uh, of course, I say that in case he's watching, it, it gets on his nerves when I say that. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I ain't gonna lie, when he, when he gutted it, it really bothered me. But anyway, uh, like my dad, he, you know, they have a way to you, you hang the deer up, and you have a way to skin it because uh, you have to take away uh, those who are animal activists, playing like what my description I'm doing here. But that's it, it's cutting away and getting to the heart of the matter. So we see these different ways. Uh, well, another one uh, way too I thought was really good. I was talking about a prisoner uh, that uh, when he uh, uh, was being taken to the executioner, you know, you see in TV or movies or on the news, when someone uh, is guilty and they're taking them from uh, from the jail to the courthouse, they'll hold their head down like this and nobody can see them. They want their head covered. 
Well, they, they, during their particular time and place in history, that uh, when they was taking the prisoner to execution, so that he could not hang his head in disgrace, so that he would have to be forced to be looked upon, they would put a sharp knife underneath his chin so that he could not look down. He would be forced to have to look at his accusers. He had to be look, forced to look at the eyes of individuals. That's how it's going to be when we stand for God Almighty. We will have to, we will be, it's going to, we will have nowhere to go. We will be forced to have to look at God and we'll be forced to answer for those things. Now, remember that on Judgment Day, for those who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they will have to be give account for every single sin that they've ever committed. For those who are saved, now we'll have to answer for things that we have done once we have come to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, in regards to you know, how did we, uh, were we a, a witness? Did we trust God? Were we, were we obedient to God? Were we a witness for God? You know, well, there's some things that are going to, that we will have to answer to. Something's been on my mind, not to uh, chase a rabbit here, but something's been on my mind, I say that, in regards to um, uh, standing before God. Uh, when, many years ago when I was a, I don't know if I was a kid or might have been a teenager at that point, but I, I think it was before then, uh, my, something my dad told me, so when we're raptured out of here, and he said, no matter how great the temptation is, don't look back. You know, and, and it's kind of almost like uh, with Lot and his wife, you know, they, they were told not to look back. But because her for her love for Sodom, she turned and looked, turned to a pillar of salt. And so, you know, when we're raptured out, we may have that one last temptation uh, to want to look back at the world. And at that point, we want to decide, is our love greater for Christ or is our love for the world? And uh, that's one, you know, that's why we have to be on fire for God. We want to make a choice. Are we on fire for God or do we love the world? And when I am tempted, you know, this has been on my mind a lot here lately. When I am tempted to do something I shouldn't. Think of something I shouldn't, say something I shouldn't, act in a way that is inappropriate. When those temptations hit, I almost wonder, sometimes I wonder, and I don't know why it's been on my mind, it's been on my mind a lot lately. When we are tempted here, is that practice or a test to see how much we can resist so that when that day comes, are we going to be strong enough to resist the temptation to look back at the world? I don't know. That's for whatever reason that's been on my mind, and so I, I wanted to wanted to throw that out there. But uh, you know, get some food for thought uh, anyway. But one day we will have to stand and give that account uh, before God. Now, uh, reading on here, uh, appears on this, uh, the division of soul and spirit again uh, that. Uh, uh, that suke, that numa of joints and marrow and discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, you know, again, we're going to have to think about these things, you know, intellectually, uh, existentially. We're going to have to look at these things. We're going to have to make a decision. It's going to cut uh, to the quick and to the heart of the matter uh, of our lives. And um, it may come at a high cost. But at some point in your life, you're going to have to make a decision. Either I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, or I don't. We're going to have to make that decision. And when it comes to that, you know, talking to the heart of the matter, you know, earlier I was talking about maybe the young lady that uh, may feel tempted to uh, give, uh, have an abortion. And, uh, and so when you think about God's Word, and you realize that, you know what, my life is not going to be any better. In fact, it's probably going to be worse if I have an abortion because I have to live that the rest of my life. You see how you fight against sin. The young lady who may feel like she needs to give herself in order to save the relationship she thinks is so important, she realizes, you know what, 
this turkey, if that's all he's after, I don't need him anyway. And uh, there's some God's got somebody else better out there for me. You know, uh, remember the devil don't play fair when it comes to the affairs of the heart. And so we have to watch that. We, it gives us the ability to stand up to do what is ethical and right in a job situation. See, you know, where I was talking about that earlier, we see now how we can overcome that temptation of sin, overcome those things because God's word is living and powerful than any two-edged sword. I mean, living and active and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'll get out here in a minute. So that's why we can look at these things. We can understand uh, what God's word is doing for us. So that, why? So we can look back at verse 11 so that we may not fall into the same sort of disobedience as we see in the Israelites who want to go back to Egypt. We don't fall back into the things of sin. See, that's what God's Word does. It's what we've been learning here uh, in, uh, in these chapters in Hebrews we've been covering going after. Not to neglect our salvation. And that uh, that we understand that uh, the only way to heaven is is confessing our sins. That we understand what salvation is about. This is what these these chapters are talking about. This is how it's ministering to us, and we understand these things to keep us on the right track. See, that's why it's imperative that we study God's word, that we spend that time of prayer. That's why we do these things so that we can be obedient to God. So that we can strive to have that mind of Christ. That's why we do these things. Because that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to help us encourage. That's why we talked about uh, in exhorting one another. And so that's why we have to be um, uh, uh, encourage one another. Get out of here in a second. We want to encourage one another uh, so that we can build each other up. Remember, stone sharpened stone. So we want to build each other up uh, so that we fall into that path of sin. That's why it's, you know, for those who are uh, fighting pornography, uh, it's always good to have someone who uh, have, that you can have accountability, have an accountability partner so that when you feel the need to, uh, to, uh, to view something you shouldn't, that you can lean on that friend who can exhort you and help you during those very difficult times. Yeah, we can look at... Um, Let's see here, um, uh, Hebrews 2, 1, uh, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Alright, listening to the gospel, alright, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's one thing that uh, they were neglecting here, or that the Israelites were neglecting. They had heard they were the good news was revealed to them, but they were not listening. You know, it's one thing to hear; it's another thing to listen. That's like um, you know, my wife. I love her dearly, but there's a lot of times when she um, gets excited and talks about something that, uh, quite frankly, is I'm not finding real interesting. <laughs> so I hear her. But I'm not always listening to her. And so when this ends, I'm going to have to lock myself in this office because she's going to come in here and kill me. But uh, so there's a lot of times I kind of tune her out. And uh, and so uh, she can look at me and say, are you not listening to me? And I'm like, you know, I'll try to change the subject. And that don't always go well either. So, you know, we have heard the good news. This is what we're doing here today. It's talking about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to not just be hearers, but listeners and doers. You know, going back to this morning, talking about works, that faith produces works, that we are doers of the word. Why? Not because we think we're doing it 
to uh, gain entrance into heaven. We do it because out of our love for Jesus Christ, that faith is producing those good works, and we are wanting to do those things to please the Heavenly Father. You know, just like I was talking about this morning, if I do something to disappoint my dad, it just it just it rips my heart out. I mean, it just it just kills me. The same with my wife or uh, my mom, or my kids. If I do something that I know that hurts, I mean, it just it kills me. It, I mean, it just uh, it's like taking a blow to the stomach. Well, that's the way we should be when it comes to the heavenly Father. We should have so much love and respect for the heavenly Father that the very thoughts of disappointing Him is, is like a kick to the gut. And that is also what helps keeps us on that right path, that right track, so that we can serve God mightily, that we want to do good works. We want to do those things to please the Heavenly Father. And that's why we have to hear and understand the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can look at uh, Hebrews 3, 1 that we study. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. All right? So that we can understand that... Uh, uh, that that this heavenly calling because it, it it is heaven it is from God that we are called all right and, and of course we can get into election and uh, which to me uh, you know uh, a good book uh, to read that Dad turned me on to because I'll be honest with you I kind of struggled with it a little bit is um, Calvinism Calvinism in the Las Vegas airport and it really brought that home uh, to to real clear understanding in what Calvinism is about and when you understand that Jesus Christ chose you all right that heavenly calling we were predestined he knew us before we were formed in the womb you understand that and I know people say well that ain't fair God didn't have to choose anybody all right he didn't have to choose anybody but out of his grace and love he chose some because he knew that you know if if uh, Jesus Christ tried to die for the whole world knowing that the whole world that, that a lot of people would reject him anyway that would be that, that you know it, it would be in vain it, it would be cheap grace it, it would you know it, it'd be useless but he died for the elect he died for those he had chosen who's who the elect is now I know that there are some people out there so oh you know it freaks them out you know how how do I know I'm the elect how do I know that you know what what if I'm not and hey if you accepted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior if you understand that you got nothing to worry about all right so don't freak out don't get upset don't have anxiety don't get scared thinking that well what if I'm not hey if you accept Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior you're good all right you're so just chill all right so don't worry about that but uh, but understand you know, that, and so that you know that heavenly calling God has called us, and so we need to live daily for Jesus Christ. We need to serve Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being, giving our all to Christ. And uh, man, it, it'll give you so much more joy when you understand that. So much more of a peace when you understand that that you are God's. Uh, let's look over here at um, uh, three twelve. Uh, let's go back over here just real quick. Um, Take care, brothers. All right, again, talking about Christians. Lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Again, talking about sin. You know, we don't want to change the 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 false uh, dreams, the the false promises of sin for the true promises of God. And that's that's what the old devil wants you to do. That's that's going back to that that illustration of the abortion of the relationship of the um, job situation is that we need to be careful that we don't listen to the lies of the devil and compromise on the promises of God. The promises of God are so much better, so much greater than the lies that the devil will tell us because he wants to whisper in our ears. He wants us to justify, hey, 
I, you know, I do it. Everybody does it. You know, yeah. When you sin or mess up, you, it's so easy to say, "Well, it's could. It's not as bad as it could be. I could have done this." Well, that's true. You could have done blah blah blah, or you could have said blah blah blah. It don't change the fact you sin. You messed up. Remember, God abhors sin. He hates sin. And so, it just because you try to justify that it's not as bad, doesn't change the fact you still sinned. So you still have to confess that, and you have to give it to God. But understand that once you give it to God, you are forgiven, you are loved, and God lets it go. He chooses not to bring it back up again. And But it's, that's where I've told you before, the battle doesn't end there. You know, we know we're forgiven, we know we're loved, we know that we're God's, but even though we know we're forgiven, guess what? The old devil still wants to... Look what you've done. Look how you acted. Look what you said. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be a preacher. You know, <laughs> you hear all these things. You know, I beat myself up all the time. I think about things, the way I've talked to my wife in the past. I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. It doesn't matter if it's 20 years ago. I mean, it could literally be 20 years ago. And to me, it's so fresh in my head. I'm like, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't, you know, or how I've treated my parents. And I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't acted this way. Why did I just do what they told me? Why did I have to act? That's where the, the battle still continues, all right? Because the battle is not flesh and blood. It is a spiritual, mental, emotional battle the devil wants to fight us. We have to understand that things in the past are now to the cross, but he don't want to let us forget it, all right? And so that's why, you know, we have to let these things go. And uh, it's, it's not easy to do. We just have to trust in God and let it go, all right? And um, uh, it is... Um, Oh, goodness, what was I going to say? Um, in regards to trusting God, or something I was going to say there, uh, my mind went blank. Uh, something my mom used to tell me, and I, my mind's went blank on me now, but uh, I guess Lord will me say it, I remembered it. But, uh, oh, I know. <laughs> she used to tell me, I used to get upset about something or, or mad about something. She said, well, it's not about you. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's where we have to be when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ, the name of God. It's not always about us. See, we're so selfish. We're so prideful. It's not about you. It's about something greater, something bigger. When we trust in God, it is something bigger than ourselves. It's not always about you. All right? Let it go. Get over it. All right? And so that's what we have to get in our lives. Just let it go. And um, so uh, understand that. Uh, hey, even I have to battle that. And uh, and I think about stuff all the time, thinking, man, I wish I... I, I think about stuff as far back as third grade. <laughs> and think, man, I wish I had acted this way or done this or said that. So, you know, uh, and the older I get, the more fresh uh, memories seem to be of when I was younger. And uh, it's... Uh, I think about how stupid I've acted in the past. And uh, trust me, the old devil does not let me forget it. But uh, going back here real quick, uh, and then we look at uh, Hebrews 3.15... As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So again, we see this to not harden our hearts, not to fall into that trap of sin, to be like the Israelites. We have to be careful about that. But that's one thing. When it comes to God that is living and active, it changes, it sanctifies, it redeems, it changes you when you come to know and understand the things of Jesus Christ that is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow. And it cuts to the quick of things. There's nowhere to run. It gets to the heart of the matter. And it's going to see you for who you are and really are. It's going to 
be a reflection. It makes you think. That's what we see. The discerning of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It forces you to think. It forces you to look at yourself. A hard look in the mirror that cuts to it. There's nowhere to hide. Nowhere to run to. You know, when you're, uh, you think of it as like when you were a kid. You had to stand before daddy or mama, all right, and <laughs> daddy's looking down at you, and what did you do? Now, you know that he knows probably what I did. Now, I could lie and make things a whole lot harder on myself, or I could tell the truth and not get a spank and get it over with. And so you have a choice and decision because I always know that daddy always knew what I had done. So I'm personally, I ain't ever lied to my dad. It's just, you know, I'm not a good liar. I am the world's worst liar in the world. And uh, because I start laughing, I can't, I can't, uh, uh, I, when I try to lie, I can't keep a straight face for one. And, uh, and I look down at the ground. You know, I do all the classic signs when uh, 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 someone who's not telling the truth, I look down, look around, I look you in the eyes. And uh, so I knew better than to lie to my dad because I knew it was going to be twice as bad. Hey, when you get to stand for the Heavenly Father, there ain't going to be no lie. You might second guess if the earthly father, uh, you know, if you're wondering if he knows what you really did or not. But when you're standing in front of the Heavenly Father, trust me, he knows what you've done. So there ain't no amount of lying, sidestepping, and ain't nothing going to change that. Just like Adam tried to get out of it with Eve. He said, it was that wife you gave me that messed me up. I can stand for God and say, well, it was Brandy's fault. She made me do this as an is. And he's going to be like, hey, this ain't about Brandy. I'm getting to her. And of course, he rolls a big scroll out for no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Brandy doesn't have a big scroll of, of bad things. She might. But uh, anyway, uh, it doesn't matter uh, what she's done. I'm talking to you. And I, you've got to answer for your actions and your thought, and you got nobody to blame but yourself. I said, that's old mama used to tell me. you got nobody to blame but yourself. And daddy used to tell me that too. And uh, so we, uh, we have to be very careful about that. Uh, verse 13, And no creature, creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we, to whom we must give an accounting. Going back to exactly what I was talking about right here. There's nothing hidden from the sight of God. There's nothing hidden uh, from, uh, from his reach. And uh, again, you know, we are um, imperfect people. Uh, we're going to mess up. Uh, God understands that uh, we are we are sinful people. You know, we're on this side of heaven. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to uh, uh, attain a state of perfection on this side of heaven. We're going to mess up. I don't know about you, but I mess up daily. I mess up every single day. Every day I mess up, and so. I, you know, there, I humble myself before God every day. I'm like, God, please, just please forgive me. You know, I've screwed up again. Uh, you know, help me. Uh, you know, because I, I, I want to be a good steward. I want to be uh, a man of God. I want to uh, serve you well. Uh, you know, I want to be able to reach people like my dad has and, and other men of God before him. And, uh, you know, I want to do the best I can. But God understands our perfection. That's why we have that mediator, who's Jesus Christ, who talks on, on to God on our behalf. And so... Um, don't beat yourself up too bad when you mess up. God understands that. God understands that we are fallible. All right, uh, we are uh, uh, like Dad always said: all men's feet are made, are, are made feet of clay. I'll get out here, and uh, we all mess up, and so we have to be careful and and, and ask God to uh, to forgive us. Now, um, I have a few things here I wanted to hit on. 
Um, and we're, we're talking about uh, looking at the big picture of things, looking at the big picture of what we need to look at. That uh, that uh, our aim of life is to enter God's rest, to, to be saved from sin, and um, and, and, and to um, uh, I forgot what I was even going to say there. I had something written down here, and I can't even read my own writing. But anyway, the point of the matter is. Uh, to understand our salvation, that's what the, what this what these books in Hebrews is talking about, and to uh, to enter into that joyful rest of God, uh, and, and and understanding what it means to get to heaven, uh, to believe in God, to trust in Him, and to hear His word, uh, to be diligent so that it won't give give way to unbelief. You know, we have all these things. Is to be diligent, to uh, to continue uh, the fight, to continue to push forward. Uh, you know, I think, you know, there, God's Word could be no clear. Again, understanding how it is active and powerful. Understanding that it cuts to the heart of the matter. That it re reveals things to us. And we see that narrow is the way. Uh, and, and, and broad is the path leads destruction. That's why it is so difficult. That's why it's so hard. That's why being a Christian is the hardest thing you'll ever do. You know, it's easy to, to go down the broad path. It's easy to go do what everybody else is doing. But difficult is that narrow way. And it's a tough walk. And it's so easy sometimes to think, you know what, what's the use? Let's just give up. Why, why even bother? But you know, sometimes I think the old devil attacks us the most when God's about to do something great in our lives. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that. Because there's times that, um, you know, uh, particularly here lately, it's not like the old devil has been just, just pounding the dog out of me. And uh, I think maybe the Lord's getting ready to do something big, you know, whether it's uh, with the church, which I think very well may be. I think with, with this going on with this with this virus ordeal, once we're able to come back to church, I think people are going to have a whole new appreciation for church. I think they've neglected it uh, for too long, and now, once it's, now that it's gone, they have a whole new appreciation for church. Maybe the church is going to, to grow uh, like never before. Maybe that um, with everything going on right now, God is giving us a warning uh, these are warning signs uh, that uh, Christ is about to return and that we need to get our house in order. And I, taught, I used this illustration the other day uh, in one of my devotions. You know, it, it reminds me so much of uh, of Noah. You know, Noah was, you know, all these years uh, he was working and building on the ark. And, of course, they made fun of him. Mantle of a desert, you know, what are you doing? Like you can only imagine how they're making fun of him. You know, it's reminiscent of today. You know, we're trying to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're trying to explain the way to God. That you know, there's only one way to heaven. That's through Jesus Christ alone. And it don't matter what religion you're in. It don't matter what culture you're in. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. No man comes to the Father except through Him. That is the only way. People laugh us. People mock us. We're in an age of where good is considered evil and evil good. If you're a Christian, oh man, you are judgmental. You are uh, you are evil and vile and and uh, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you and, and you know because you're not accepting of of of, of whatever you know uh, that's going on right now. And so people are making fun of us. But in Noah's Ark, Father's rains came, and when people realized what was about to happen, they was about to get wiped off. They God closed the door on the ark. They were beating and screaming and pleading, please let us in. It's too late. The door had been shut. I think that's what we're seeing here today. God is giving you a warning. And one day Jesus Christ is going to return. Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out. Now there's a difference between the rapture and the second coming. We'll make it very clear. But he's going to rapture us out. One will be working and be gone. One will be sleeping. One will be gone. It is, it's going to happen. 
And then they're going to be screaming, oh, please let us in. And it'll be too late. Remember, my friends, the Word of God, we see here in Hebrews 4.12, is sharper, is active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the divider, the sunder, the joint, and the marrow, the thoughts, and the intents of the heart. We see this, that the Word of God reveals those things to us. And you will have that choice. And remember, just we see here in verse 13, And no creature is hidden from the side, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who must give an account. We will all have to give an account one day. You all have to stand for God. And not one person, not one person will have the excuse to uh, to ever say, well, I didn't know. Nobody ever told me about uh, Jesus Christ. Everybody will have the opportunity to have heard, and everybody will have the opportunity to make a decision before it's too late. And, of course, you always have somebody, what about the deepest, darkest parts of Africa? How are they going to hear? They don't care about the deepest, darkest parts of Africa. There's just a smoke screen. Everybody will have an opportunity of heard about Jesus Christ before it's too late. Where are you at? Are you on the sidelines making fun? Oh, that's just a book of fairy tales. Uh, believing in your sky, daddy. Or, or do you understand that God is real? That Jesus Christ is real? That Jesus Christ walked this earth? That Jesus Christ gave his life for you? And that you will make that decision today to accept Christ into your heart before it's too late? The time is coming, friends. We're in the last days. You can laugh. Or you can accept and understand it and accept Christ into your heart today before it's too late. I urge you to do that. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you uh, for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel. And Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to understand the things of you. Let your word uh, as a two-edged sword that will cut to the quick, cut to the heart of things. Lord, let it pierce and touch the hearts and minds of those who are listening today. Let them understand your grace, your atoning work on the cross. Let them come to know you before it's too late. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching uh, this morning and um, I, this morning. I'm so used to doing morning devotions. I do it a lot of time. That's why uh, uh, Steve Story was watching the other day and he said, is this live? Because I said this morning. I'm so used to doing uh, the morning devotions. I'm so bad about that. But thank you for watching this evening. And uh, if you're just now tuning in, I'll also be able to just now tuning in uh, the last few minutes here. Once this is posted, you can go back and watch from the beginning, and I hope that you will, so that you won't get behind on this very important study in Hebrews, and I uh, hope that you will go back and watch that. Uh, but I hope everybody has a great rest of the week, and again, uh, be in prayer for um, uh, our children right now. Uh, this is a crazy time, our teachers, and uh, pray for your pastors. You know, uh, there's uh, we want to Make sure we get the word out, and uh, we, we don't want the church to suffer in any way. So pray for your church, and pray for your pastors as well. We need those prayers, and uh, the church needs your prayers. And uh, I appreciate so many of you who are still uh, worried about the church. I get so many individuals uh, asking, you know, about tithing, and uh, and, and I don't want, I don't like bringing it up because I don't want people to be like, well, that's all he cares about is money. I, you know, I, I, it's not about that, man. But you know, I just try to you know, look. 
You can pay, use if you want to give. That's between you and God. You know that's not what we're about. But if you want to give, we got PayPal option on our website. You can drop it off in the mailbox at the church or slide it to the door or something. You know it, it's all good, man. You know. But if the point is, I appreciate uh, people uh, caring enough uh, to. Uh, uh, to ask us about that because they're worried. They realize we still got to keep the lights on. And just like this is the radio station, it costs money. And, and you know, it, it's not that you're giving the money to us, you're giving it to God so that we you can support the ministry. Because WTFM reached over 100,000 people. And so, uh, you know, when you uh, give like it, it helps uh, to, to further the ministry. We found out that uh, the prisoners of Mount City were able to listen, and uh, who knows, the lives touched far rain, far greater than anything we could have done at Freedom Hall. So that's the kind of things that uh, that, that money supports, is to be able to, to further the gospel. And we appreciate that that concern uh, for all those who, who uh, text and call and send emails uh, and uh, concerned about that. So we, we are very appreciative. But uh, but hope everybody has a great day. Remember, uh, Sunday from 11 to 12, you can pull into the parking lot of Fountain Life Bible Church, 118 Julie Lane, Johnson City, 37601, and listen to 98.5, or you can go to our website at www.flbconline.com and watch live, or here on Facebook, FLBC77, and watch live. And Dr. Vicky, I'm bringing the morning message, and then I will continue our study in Hebrews uh, that evening at 6 o'clock. So, um, hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day, and like I always say, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching.